Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Mashonda Shines. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome in. We're getting some people into the into the room. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mashonda Mouse, and I am so excited to do a pop-up live with Try Beginner's Luck, Run Try Bike, Run Try Magazine with Jason Bahamundi and Kinetic Multisport. So thank you to Kinetic and Marcus Fitz. So this is so exciting. Woo, woo, go Marcus, go. Y'all, Marcus is the coolest dude I know. Do y'all see his pictures? It's like he be bringing that big energy like what? <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> but it's true though. Anybody who knows you, when you take a bike picture, it's not just a bike picture. It's like <laughs> it's a GQ picture, and I love it. That's the energy that people want to see, and uh, I'm just so excited. So, Marcus, we're going to go ahead and get started. We got a few people joining in. Hey, everybody! If you're tuning in and you want to ask Marcus some questions, there is a little bubble at the bottom of the screen that has a question answer screen and you can ask any question nothing is off limits so if it's something you've always wanted to ask him you can even do it anonymously i'll make sure i ask those questions so <laughs> i <laughs> we're gonna get in his business y'all all up in his business so um hi to everyone who's joining welcome to the pop-up live that's with run try magazine try beginners luck and kinetic multi-sport so marcus tell everybody who you are Hey, who am I? You know, after all this time, you think I have an elevator pitch down, but I, I don't. <laughs> I suck at it. Um, uh, I'm a coach. Um, I guess if I were to say, I would say um, I was a guy trying to find his purpose, right? I think that's how a lot of us get into this sport or any sport is what are we good at? What can we excel at? What brings us happiness? What brings us joy? And for me, um, after college, you know, I was an athlete, you get out of college, you're looking for something to do. And I had this void that I was looking to fill and coming into my career, I'm like, what do I do? Where do I go from college to sports to this new world of, of opportunity and possibility? So athlete, um, designer, how do they come together? Having surgery, how do I find friends? I left DC, I came back. I'm just looking for community um, and and a thing to keep me occupied and engaged. And, you know, triathlon came in and, and helped fill that void. So fast forward to now, um, how I find myself in this space is, I guess, a community leader, um, athlete, um, coach, and, and friend, teammate. You're all those things. <laughs> coach, friend, teammate. My brother, I love it. Well, Marcus, I um, remember you guys, well, I remember you coming on the scene in D.C. And I was just like, who are these cool people with this all-black swag, with just blowing up the city? And it was so invigorating to see because I was still new in the sport and was just so impressed with you. What is it? 
that allows you to be such a great community organizer because you know how to bring a crowd together? Yeah, I want to say, like, it's tough to put a hand on it. It's like the intention wasn't always to just bring people together. Like, I didn't wake up and be like, hey, how do I, I do this thing and put people together and we're going to have this great time. But it's like, how can I have the most fun? You know, period. It's like, if this is my happy place. This is what I enjoy doing. Who else wants to do it with me? And I think when you start from like, I don't necessarily call it passion yet because it wasn't purely passion. It was just an interest that sparked passion and then sparked other people's passion. But I think with you have all these different elements, right? This, this what we'll call it like an ecosystem of, of things that collide and, and then they grow. And so I think fortunately all these different ingredients came together to make this kind of like perfect recipe that, blossom into this this nice ecosystem that's still growing we're still trying to figure it out um but we're adding little spices and seasoning to the mix um and yeah i mean it's it's no one has the answers we're figuring it out right but we know some things that don't work right we we know some things that have worked and how do we apply it to some of the other things that we do and there's a lot of crossover between you know the training um but also the work-life balance so I think when, when it benefits your, like your life holistically, um, you're more inclined to be engaged and have others be engaged with you. I love it being a master chef over there cooking with your seasoning <laughs> and spices being salt-based. You putting a little salt on there. A little salt I love that. Um, what has been one of the hardest things for you to enter into this sport? Like what are some of the barriers that you've had to overcome i don't necessarily want to say break because it's not such we're not breaking barriers but what some of the barriers you've had to overcome in sport yeah i mean i think if if i wasn't i went to school um on on a partial swim scholarship so i think that was one one area where i was able to excel and, and kind of jump this this hurdle like being being you know a black swimmer you know, on primarily white swim teams, you know, there's, there's conversations that happen. You learn how to adjust within a, a certain ecosystem, go back to the word ecosystem, um, that allows you to kind of hop in and out. Or like we talk about code switching all the time at work. Um, there's just a situation you find yourself that you may not normally if you didn't experience it. And so Triathlon is another one of those ecosystems where it's, it's you know, predominantly white. Um, and so, I don't know, I think the swim background helped me break that and, and, and be able to gauge in a different way um, just because I've already had that experience. Um, and then one of the other barriers were, I, I would say like apparel. You know, apparel is huge. We talk about it all the time, like, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time trying on brands that would fit, you know, I'm not, I'm not a thin person. <laughs> and uh, trying to find, like, swimsuits when you look at the size range, it goes, you know, like 28 to, you know, whatever. But those, those sizes are still skewed. You know, a 32 is not a true 32 to the, to the jeans. So now it's like, all right, I need to figure out, you know, how do I do it when I can't try on the equipment? 
and the, the stuff costs so much. It's not like they're they're cheap pieces of, of material. Like this one skimpy little jammer costs like fifty, sixty bucks. Um, so yeah, there's there was one barrier, and then you know the bike and the financial barriers. I mean, some of the barriers everybody will face across the board. Um, but I think for particular groups, when you when you don't have bike shops and you don't have high end bike shops or or bike fitters or something like that, you come into it completely blind and you spend a lot of money trying to figure it out um, where I think other people may already have these conversations or other groups may have these conversations um, to kind of lessen that, uh, you know, financial burden. I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm going to put a pin in there to welcome some of our new viewers. For those of you who are joining, welcome to the pop-up live with Try Beginner's Luck, Run Try Magazine, and Connect Multisport. We're talking here with Marcus Fitz, who, excuse me, Coach Marcus Fitz, who is uh, the GRIT leader. He started GRIT uh, last year, and uh, we're just kind of getting to know him. If you want to ask some questions, please use the little question icon at the bottom. Type in some questions. We want to get you your questions answered and just kind of want to engage this. So we are also giving away some prizes. So you want to stay tuned for the entire uh view the entire thing so that you can be on when we give away prizes. Okay, Marcus, you were talking about like apparel. Yes, you and I have had plenty of conversations about apparel. And I've been to the point where I'm like, well, I'm not supporting this brand because they don't have anything for me. And it's just really, it's really a hard, um, it's a hard thing because you can be a size in one brand and be a size 5X in another brand, even if it, go, if it doesn't even go to 5X. But it's such a wide, wide range. And uh, Brittany is saying that uh, gear and apparel is a big one, and it's not cheap trying to find what works for your body. What is the best way to do that without spending so much money? How do you do it without spending so much money? Um, you know, I, I mean, being part of a team, um, will definitely, definitely help. I think if you're, I can I guess we can tackle it from two different, two different views. So if you're, if you're an individual, not part of the team or an athlete, not part of the team, I mean, you can contact the, the manufacturers, um, see if they have a sizing kit. Um, a lot of times they'll send you a sizing kit, you know, for free. Um, you just may have to pay the shipping and handling, which can be like, you know, like 20 bucks. Um, but it gives you a, a range of, of their sizes, their fits, their cuts, um, and you can you can send it back. Um, that's what a lot of a lot of brands do. I know two times you does it. Barlow does it if you ask. I, I I don't think it's advertised on on most pages, but um, it's definitely something you can talk to, especially if you can find like their team rep or their their um, sales rep. Um, but then on the other end, if you're part of a team most have those already in place like i know for us at the beginning of the season um as long as it's not a custom piece um they have like a size kit um grit was a little special because we created our own sizing chart our own custom kit so we picked our own fabric so there wasn't anything else to choose from so fitting is a little tricky on, on that end but we tried to match with um you know as close as we can to a previous existing uh, cut and then give a little bit of wiggle room for like maybe more fabric that have a little bit more compression. So the, the GSM of the fabrics will change the fit. So I want to speak about fit. 
So in my past life, I used to be a fit model with both Spanx and David's Bridal. And so I think another point to make is maybe getting different body types even into the development process to try on these kits for those who are listening um, and have access to brands, getting different fit models to try on the kit to make sure they size. I do have a little testimonial. Last year, I won a grit jersey doing a phone. <laughs> and I was like, Marcus, how are you going to give me this medium young jersey? Judging a jersey by its size. And when I put it on, I was like, oh, oh, this, I mean, it was young, but it fit. And Marcus was like, it's supposed to fit. It's supposed to be that, what do you call the, um, what fit did you say it was supposed to be? It was like, uh, like skin fit, you know, like uh, race fit. Race fit. I don't like to wear race fit stuff all the time. But anyway, it fit. And I was really excited to see how the fabric felt so good. And even when I sweat, it was definitely wicking and it didn't feel like it didn't clam to my skin. So with Marcus and what they have done is amazing. And I will definitely say, check out whoever Marcus is using for their kits because their kits are bomb.com. So moving right along, Marcus, this is a podcast for beginners. So if you're joining, I want to hear some of your beginning stories. What was it like to do your first race? And if you have questions for Marcus, go ahead and put it in that um, question icon at the bottom, and we'll get your questions answered. Man, my first race. So sadly, or I guess sadly, I'm fortunate enough to have done, like, one of DC's only races, the Nation's Try. That was my first um, triathlon. So they have a, I think that was sprint in Olympic distance, or had. Um, it no longer exists. Um, for for a couple reasons, but um, my first experience leading, I had never done a try, never thought about it, um, never heard about what a try was. I was just looking through kind of event, like Eventbrite listings, and, and you know, I was kind of bored with doing marathons and halves. I'm like, what else is out there? So I can swim, I can run, I bike to work. So I, I feel like we can get through it. So I had like this cheap little Bianchi um, steel bike. It was like 30 years old. Um, I'm getting all prepped to race. And then I get hit by a car, you know, a couple days before the race. Like bikes total. Um, so we settled. I get the, the funds, but, you know, I have like no bike. So I talked to my neighbor who, um, you know, he builds, you know, carbon parts for planes and, and wheels and all this stuff. So we look on Craigslist, go get a bike. Um, my first try bike. And the first time I clipped in as well. So I'm clipping in, I'm using a try bike, all this stuff. I'm using a try suit for the first time. And we're talking about like two days before the race. Um, so I, I get a bike rack from my car, pull up to the expo. No direction. Not sure what I'm supposed to do. There's numbers. I find out about race belts um so i end up pinning my my race number to a shirt so i'm, I'm thinking I'm like i'm gonna go through all these changes uh in the race and transition which i didn't even know what a transition was at the time end up not using anything so i ended up just running with my race belt like the, my bib in my hand so i'm trying to pin it to myself as i'm running once we get to the run 
Um, but my experience was just so dope. Like I, I get to transition, I wreck my bike. Some people walk me through the process. Um, I just act like I know what I'm doing. Um, Cause I, I mean, I'm just used to throwing myself in, in, into situations that I may not necessarily be prepared for. So I remember the hardest part of the course was, I think it was the bike for me. Cause I had never trained to run off the bike. And I remember I'm coming, I guess, down, I guess it was Independence Ave, and my, my legs are just cramping, like, just out of control. I'm just like, is this normal? Do, like, people really do this? So I, I get off the bike, and I'm like, thank God. It wasn't even a long bike. I want to say it was, like, 24 miles. And I start the run, and I, I think the first mile and a half, like, I just walk. I, I just can't. I can't walk. You got that brick feeling legs are heavy feet are heavy and uh, I see my parents um, as we're coming into the finish line maybe I want to say like a quarter of a mile back and they're just like you good like <laughs> are you good like you're the only you're like the only black person out here are you okay like do you want to stop I'm like the finish line is right there I mean might as well crawl if I can't walk um, so I get to the finish line you know, my parents think I'm crazy for doing it because it's something that is completely new, even for a viewing experience for them. And like the first thing I say, you know, is once I'm done my surgery, I want to do this again. Like, mm -hmm. I do this again. Um, so that this was the, the thing that led to my, my, my knee surgery. Um, so my, my doctor recommended me pick something so I can train and go into it strong. Um, so then the real process began uh, post-surgery. And this was back in like 2015. Wow. Um, you got, I try sometimes that they call it a brick for a reason, which is very true. And uh, Sarah tries 140.6 says, poor parents, every mom, every race her mom has uh, watched, she's had to say, I hate this so much. Um, <laughs> so... Brittany has a question. What's one thing all newbie triathletes should know? Oh, um, yeah, what the process of the race, like the course. Um, you know, USA Triathlon provides a race course list or race checklist. Um, so just make sure you have everything you need. Um, I didn't go into the race knowing that or knew it even existed. Um, I just thought it would just be this thing and I swim, bike and run, but like how you get to each thing matters and will change how you enjoy the experience. So making sure you have goggles, um, you know, towels, like race belt, if you need it, the proper shoes, um, you know, you don't want to do a tri triathlon with trail shoes, you know, like run <laughs> road shoes are, are uh, a thing and the same thing with the bike i mean for your first one like use what you have you don't have to go out and buy fancy equipment or, or think you need the best of the best um but i think once you choose to to make it a lifestyle you want equipment that's going to give you a good experience but still stay within reason there's there's a wide range you can spend six hundred dollars on a bike or you can spend six thousand dollars on a bike um and then also nutrition, you know, a lot of, one of the things that I didn't skip, I just had water. Um, and I learned real quick that that wasn't enough. I had one water bottle. <laughs> Out there parched. Boy, it was mad thirsty. Mad thirsty. <laughs> um, 
so yeah figuring out what works for you and your body like what are you putting in your body before the race during the race and definitely after the race because it just doesn't stop with the race like you have to recover um you know especially when you, you get older you know you don't you don't recover as quick or the same so stretching and and training the proper training up to the race like just don't jump in a race no matter the distance um definitely not for Ironman true so I want to kind of split the difference between the beginner Marcus and the Marcus today I, you had a post recently that stated my training is like 80 percent can you speak about your beginning training life and now your training life and how you've learned to train smarter and not harder. And welcome to all of our new viewers. If you have questions, there's a little icon tab down there with a question mark in it. If you can put your questions in there, I can get those answered for you. And this has been brought to you by Try Beginner's Luck, Run Try Magazine, and Kinetic Multisport. Go, Mark. Yeah, so when I was, when I was beginning, what did training look like? Training was sporadic. There was no, it was just like, let me go do this run with this. this there is no consistency in training. Um, so I think that's the biggest difference between then and now. Um, obviously, the tools have changed. I've invested um, much more in the sport. Um, sleep is different. My, my lifestyle has completely changed. It's, it's before, how do I get my training around like friends and social activities and partying and everything else that falls under that. And now it's like flip flop. I'm like, all right, I got all this training do, to do like this is priority. Um, you know, obviously the job is a priority cause I got to pay bills, but second to, to job and, you know, it's kind of been athletics and in the in the club um so i think the build up between is what what makes me happy what are my goals um what i want to prioritize and so like the more consistent i was i got a coach like two years ago which was a game changer and then once i freed up a little bit more time and kind of like the admin process of the sport i was able to really focus on myself because i really was just pouring out and I really wasn't putting a lot back in. And so once I stopped completely pouring out, um, I think, to the community, um, I was just able a little bit to save a little bit for myself. And I think that was the biggest um, difference. Now, when we get into, like, the way I train, um, I was just going fast. I'm like, all right, if I want to go fast, I got to practice fast. I got to run fast. I got to swim fast. I got to bike fast. And now... My runs, like I, I don't, I don't sprint. I don't, I don't push myself on runs. There's, there's a day for that, or there's a moment for that. And most of my runs uh, are strides. Like I don't do track work anymore, just because my body can't handle uh, the volume. You know, my old knees. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I add in a lot of stride work, and so that's where I get my speed training in. So I may do what that may look like is I'll have like an hour run or maybe a two hour run. And in the last maybe 20 minutes of that is just stride. So I might, you know, do a minute on and then maybe like a minute off and then two minutes or, or however it's set up in, in my workout. And that's really where I get my speed work 
um, in for the run. And then swims, everything's, nothing's by distance. It's always by time. So before I was distance training and now I train by time. I don't, I don't worry about distance at all. It's just to get the, the volume and the foundation and then bike rides. Obviously I'm in a mix between cycling workouts and triathlon workouts, but I gear up more to the, the cycling, um, the higher cadence versus the, the lower cadence. Marcus, you have said so much and such a mouthful in there. And I just want to kind of unpack a little bit of that. But I also want to get some questions in because we have people who are lighting up the thing. So we're just going to be a little non-traditional. Um, and we'll come back to some things. If not triathlon, what would you do? Ooh, cycling, for sure. Yeah, I love cycling. Ever since I, man, ever since I really got into triathlon like cycling is I just love it I mean I could cycle all day like the people I've met on a bike I'm just random like it's just great coffee and bikes like who, who doesn't want to do that and you get to escape the city and it can take you anywhere so yeah bikes for sure I love it and when you said bikes in your last answer you mentioned the higher cadence how has going at a higher cadence transitioned instead of going just fast transition to making you a better cyclist for triathlons and training like a cyclist has been more helpful for you in the triathlon space yeah i mean it, it's a weird it's a two two-way street right so i think the tri training has helped with the endurance and cycling you know a lot of people in in cycling you know want to do like these fast bursts and they save their energy to the end um, for the final sprint where the try training has allowed me to all those people that want to control the pace of the race that I just push them and I, I try to get them to burn up so that they have nothing left for the sprint. So that's one way triathlon has kind of been a benefit to the cycling. Now on the cycling tip, how it's translated to triathlon is that the higher cadence has you know, and the cycling training has helped with, say, like more technical courses. Um, so you have the traditional triathlons, like sprint, super, uh, super sprint, sprint, Olympic, and everything else. But you also have draft legal um, triathlon. And so the cycling component plays well into draft legal racing because you're in a peloton. You're not on a tri bike. Um, it's very fast, high cadence um, racing. And so that's that's like a, a very literal trans translation. But also when we get to technical courses on tries, I don't always race on a tri bike. So I can kind of get a little bit more nasty when it comes to hills if I if I have a modified um, road bike. Oh, you like to get nasty on the bike? Yeah, you, know, you like to get nasty. <laughs> You know, you can put you can put some uh, power down when other people can't. Like you can't go, um, you can't really dig deep on a tri bike, you know, on climbs and stuff compared to you know a road bike. Interesting. Uh, you got people in the audience uh, talking. Uh, Journey to Ironman Texas says we triathletes have poor, poor bike handling skills. <laughs> it's so funny because Ship happens two one four is talking. I mean, Ship happens two one five is saying. Um, he hates high cadence riding, and it's so hard, but he understands the benefits. But he also told me in September that I had poor bike handling skills. 
So I'm a little disturbed by that. And uh, Sarah is talking about put your own oxygen mask on first and zone two training is where it's at. So I love it. I love the fact that, you know, you've learned so much on the course of your journey and it's all so helpful for where you're going. And now that you're smarter, we have another question that says, if I can't run, are there biathlons? And I would just answer that there is. So you don't have to worry about running. You don't have to run, but you can definitely walk if you can't, uh, if you can't, uh, you can do aqua bikes. You can do swim. Yeah, aqua bikes, aqua velas. So there's plenty of options out there for you. There's a lot. I mean, the whole realm of multi-sport, you know, triathlon is, is, I guess, like a type of multi-sport, but there's so many different multi-sports. Um, where, I, you know, in the future, we're going to see that there's going to be a split between USA Tri and USA Multisport um, because it deserves its own lane. And so you'll see under that there's, um, like you said, aqua bikes, um, you know, swim, swim runs and all these different off-road. Now we got gravel. Um, and then you can do a relay. You know, you can just do the swim or you can do the swim and the bike and allow someone else to run. So there's there's plenty of options. I love it. Uh, run Tribe Mag, thank you so much for being in this with us, Run Tribe Magazine. They have a quick question. What's been the most memorable moment of your journey so far? Dang. Woo, gotta dig deep. Man, I, I, that's a very hard question. It's been... It's been a lot of a lot of wins, um, especially in the past two years. And you know, at, at least from a race experience, like if we're just talking about triathlon, I'd probably say Escape Alcatraz was probably the coolest tri experience next to Cuba, um, racing in Cuba on the Melicon. That was pretty breathtaking. But I think like just going through like I think it's Golden State Park. I mean, jumping into the water <laughs> off Alcatraz Island is insane. I mean, one from the choppiness to the current to all the sea life that's in there with you. Like, I never, like, if I if I could see what was happening there, I, there's there's no way I'll do that race. Like, no way. No way. Um, um, can we pause for a second? Sea life. Let's talk sea about life. that sea life because um. I think I just had a flashback of, uh, of Maryland with all the jellyfish. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just, uh, it just did something to my insides a little bit. So let's talk about sea life. What do you mean? Yeah, first of all, Maryland, man, that was, that was set up. I, I don't know. I, had, I don't think I could ever do that again, you know. But we did it. <laughs> Kudos to you uh, for enduring all those it was it was jellyfish with a side of water. That's 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 what that was. Uh, dang Alcatraz. I mean, there's there's everything. There's sea lions. There's sharks. There's stingrays. There's everything. Like I, you look to the right and there's like a sea lion jumping out of the, the waves with you as you're like smacking down. And you know you look to your right and there's like some weird fish swimming around that you don't know and there could be dolphins i don't know as long as i didn't see a shark or nothing like rubbed up against me like <laughs> that was cool listen uh sarah tries 140.6 says you're supposed to clear out the 
as far as with your speed, and you did a horrible job at that. Terrible job at that. <laughs> Look, I, you are I got stung that whole race. Nobody was saved. Nobody. <laughs> now that's real. So I have a question um, that we got earlier in when we asked people to submit questions, and it says, Marcus, if you could be sponsored by any food brand, which one would you pick? I mean, is it like fast food? Is it a restaurant? It could be anything I want. It's your world, Marcus. We just living in it. So you tell us. Food brand. Um, dang, I'm thinking of, I want to think of a, a DC, DC one. If, if it could be a DC, um, Fair thing, I'd probably say like Bus Boys. Like that would be a cool sponsor. Mm. Um, I would go there if I could do it. Meet there for a ride, and we get like snacks and and coffee and stuff like that. If it was like a fast food chain, I'll probably say Chipotle. Or you know, I have like this weird obsession with Panda Express. I know mm. it's not like great. But it's just, it's just, it's just hearty and greasy. You lost me at Chipotle. You want to see you at Chipotle? Yeah. No, not at Chipotle. Not at Chipotle Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop it. Stop it. Okay. So you have the ability to organize and bring so many groups together. What have you found has been the most difficult? Thing for you in terms of building community? So what has been the most important thing? Difficult. Difficult. Mm. I mean, I think it's, I, the hardest thing is being present sometimes. It's, uh, you know, you get your life, um, things happening, work. I think the balance between training, leading, delegating um you know i i like to do everything myself and you can't it just doesn't work um so i think figuring out how to relinquish and delegate has been um difficult that's been that's probably been like the most difficult thing it's still difficult for me um now because especially when you need things done you just need them done um and so there's a lot of trust that goes into it and 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 faith and and leaning on your teammates and then and, and empowering your teammates um and membership to to step up willingly and not not forcefully because we're all adults here we all do things outside of this and you want people to show up um and, and want to be there without like hey you come to practice like hey you're doing this like i think we're we're past those times so you know, I think I think finding finding the, a core group, but also you know, maintaining the balance of, of responsibility. Awesome! But those of you who are just joining, this is a pop up live with Proud Beginners Luck and Run Try Magazine and Kinetic Multisport. So we're so excited to have those brands with us today who are sponsoring this first pop up live. It's Black History Month, and we are still celebrating. Uh, well, we celebrate all day, every day, but. <laughs> Today, specifically with Marcus Fitz, who has founded, uh, he founded 
District Triathlon. He's with Grit USA. He is the consummate organizer, and he does it effortlessly. And so we're just getting into the nitty-gritty about who he is, finding out about the sport, his entry into sport. And if you have questions, there's a little icon at the bottom. Go ahead and type in your questions, and we'll get those answered. And we're giving away some really good prizes, so you want to stay tuned. So, Marcus, with that in mind, what role do you feel Grit has played in your training? Yeah, I mean, the, the, same, the same reason why I lean on community is, is what other people look to get out of it. It's, it's, it's accountability partners. It's, um, you know, motivation, um, camaraderie. Um, you know, I think there's one, we have so many social clubs within D.C. where one thing I wanted to do is not make another social club. You know, there's 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 a a place for that, and I think there there's much a lot of room to go beyond that. So not just to be like super rigid with training, but there there's some gray space, right? What does that gray space look like, and how can it be the cherry on top to like what you're already doing? So you can be a part of you know a DRC or DC Run Crew or some other cycling club or swim team, and then you can come to grit, right? as a development program, um, hone in on your skills with, with other people that want to, are, are motivated to do the same thing. And then you can bring it back to kind of like your respected social communities and, and, and spread it. And that's kind of how cycling has grown, to be honest. I mean, I, I was in a space where I, it was difficult for me to put on spandex, you know, step outside. And I'm just like, yo, people, wear this type stuff and they go out and ride their bikes through the city like I ain't there yet but I think when you find more people that are willing to do it like now I don't even think about it because you know I can go to southeast and there's a bike club or I can go to northeast and there's a bike club before when I first started I get on my bike and they be like hey yo fruitcake wearing them tight clothes now it's, now it's more acceptable, it's, it's normal, because people that wanted to do it before, they feel like they can, and there's a safe space for them to show up. And so I think that's the other important part about this community that we're building um, within communities that see it, but now they feel comfortable joining and being a part of it. Now, Marcus, I have to stop you there, because I know you, and I find it hard that you find it hard found it hard to put on spandex because the way you be posing for them pictures, be like you'd be in the mirror practicing like, damn. Look, I, it was, it was difficult. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I, I couldn't, that was one of the reasons why I didn't swim in high school because I, I didn't want to put on a jammer or a speedo. Like I just, uh, you know, let me stick the football, let me stick the basketball. Um, I don't, I don't want to try it. And, the, and I think when I had knee surgery the first time, like I was forced to step out of my comfort zone and I use swimming as my recovery um, to get back into football. So, so outside of sleep, uh, we're going to answer answer one of the questions. What's one or two durability routines you've learned along the way? I need I need to learn some more. Um, yeah, I mean yoga. Uh, ever since. Um, you know, I, I started working with Lululemon. Like yoga has been a pretty, pretty routine thing. You know, I do 
I used to do yoga like three times a week and maybe do it once a week, but at least I stretch like in the morning, in the evening. I use endless recovery devices, Normatec, Hyperice, um, guns. I do stretching. So I go get, I get stretched um, maybe three times a month or they just sit there and stretch you for an hour. Um, my hip flexors are probably the the area that's like that gives me the most problems. Um, my hamstrings, glutes, abs. Get a massage. I go to the chiropractor. Um, I go to chiropractor probably once or twice a week and get realigned because I have a pinched nerve in my neck, so it affects the power of my left shoulder. So I've figured out all my deficiencies and I try to manage them in my in my uh, pains and you just have to stay on top of it a lot of the work you do is is preventative and I think once you get to the point where it's it's you're responding to to, to pain that's you that's when you're in a bad spot you have to be proactive um, with with pain um, management mobility and flexibility and, and so you don't have to be flexible but you have to have mobility um, and if you have both, then kudos to you. I was just talking to someone earlier today about mobility, flexibility, and uh, and strength training, and how all of it goes together to for to make a cohesive unit. And you need it to make you a stronger, better, more effective athlete. So I hope we answered your question. People are lighting you up in the chat, Marcus. I'm supposed to have the flashbacks of your yoga at Rafa, and those uh, hip flexors were not so quiet yoga. What, what what kind of noises are you making, Marcus? Come on. Oh, my goodness. Um, Look. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you sit on a bike and don't – and for, for the amounts of time we've been, been riding, it's anything, you know, you do like pigeon or anything is probably the most – uncomfortable experience <laughs> you can have. I love it. Shout out to Dr. Sarah, who uh, has gotten a lot of us together with our uh, strength training and conditioning. We have another question. I try sometimes. I absolutely love that name. Um, for those who can't afford a coach, what do you suggest uh, for budget-friendly options and training plans? Suck it up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Be nice. Um, there's plenty of there's plenty of plans like you don't you don't need a coach. I mean, I like I wouldn't have a coach if it wasn't for it just makes my life easier just to have someone spitting out like he just helps me organize like my own workouts. Um, and so like it's it's hard enough for me just to go in week or two weeks at a time and, and plug them in to like training peaks. But um I mean, you can find a plan. You can buy a plan off Training Peaks. You can buy a plan, like, off Garmin. There's different, like, time links. So is it 16 weeks, 6 weeks, 10 weeks um, from the time you get it? So, like, when is your race? And so, like, in triathlon, we look at – we for our group, we look at three types of races. So, like, A race, a B race, and a C race. So your C race will probably happen now if you're on our timeline and then your B race will pretty much be the prep race for your A race. Um, and then that's what you're really training for is the A race. But also with some of the athletes that I coach is that every race you're not racing. It's like a, just a exaggerated practice. So like I'll tell people, all right, 
race the hell out of the swim, but chill on the bike and run. We're not trying to win. We're not trying to do anything. Or like next race, crush the run. Like I want you to PR the run or, and then chill on the swim in the bike. Like every race isn't a race. Like you work to build the machine to gear up to the A race. Um, so we work on the weak spots first and then we try to put it all together. It just depends on the athlete and maybe they'll, they'll race every race, but um, not all the time. So when I say not every race is a race, like that's super important process of the training. But yeah, plenty of resources. You can just Google it. I mean, training plans for a 70.3 Olympic um, and then make sure that whatever platform you're getting the plan for syncs with whatever tool you're using to, to implement the training. So if you're on Garmin, make sure it can like sync and upload and definitely learn that process of how to sync your workouts. Interesting. Interesting. We had uh, Brittany who said that she used, uh, she just bought a plan and she felt like she had a coach with training peak. So there's a lot of different options out there for you. We got a question from the Try Life 7. He says, what was the best part of your first full Ironman? And when are you planning to do another one? The best part of my first full Ironman? Uh, I will say, I will say hitting, hitting the swim, the bike transition, um, because I saw... I saw my parents for the first time and coming out the water, like I felt strong in the water. Um, but I think getting out of transition, doing a post check, seeing my family, you know, surveying the land, like, you know, I'm, I'm in it. Like I'm doing this. Like we're here. We're not dead yet. We're cool. And it, it kept me, it kept me going. So I think the, the best part of the experience was seeing like my parents and my teammates. Um, Cause I passed them like, what felt like a million times um especially on the run all the all the loops that we did um yeah but maryland regardless if it was a iron man or not like was probably one of my least favorite <laughs> courses overall uh-oh did you go silent maybe i went silent Lost hearing. I can't hear you, Mashonda. Uh, can you hear me? Can, can oh. you hear me now? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, I tell you, you know, equipment, I'm not going to say which product I was using, but I guess it started to quit on me, but I like them so much, so I'm just going to be kind and give grace. Okay, now that we're back in motion, do you think doing the Ironman is enough, or do you want to go longer distances? <laughs> yeah, uh, ultras, no, I don't want to go longer. Um I have one more iron. I did sign up for another Ironman. Um, that wasn't the plan, but uh, uh, after a friend passed, that that's um, we had talked about doing it. If if she had signed up, 
then I would sign up. Um, but she passed, and I'll be racing in her honor. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm doing that race is Lake Placid. I probably I don't have any plans to do another Ironman after that. That's just not my lane. Long course is is not my um, thing. I'm a very I'm a short course athlete, so I'll be sticking to Olympic distance and in some seventy point three. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I think it's so important for athletes to know what lane they reside in and where they should stay in because that's where your sweet spot is. So if it's sprint, do sprint. If it's Olympic, do Olympic. If it's, you know, middle distance, do the middle distance. And if it's long course, do long course. It's okay to teeter and try them. But if there's somewhere that you really thrive at, that's where you're going to find joy and you're going to continue to do this. One of the things we want to do here at Try Beginners Luck is we want to get you into the sport, but we also want this to become a lifestyle. We don't want you to just stop. So support local races. With that said, Multisport is sponsoring this. And so we want to give a shout out to them with the local racing and uh, Run Tribe magazine. So we do have some gifts and we're about to wrap up. So stay tuned so you can find out if you're one of the winners. So with that said, I'm going to bring Jason Bahamundi in who's with Run Tribe magazine and to see if he has any questions for you. And then we're going to giveaways. Jason, would you join us? Technology for me too. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jason. Welcome, everyone. This is Jason Bahumundi with Run Tribe Magazine. We're with Marcus Fitz. This is being brought to you by Kinetic Multisports, Tribe Beginners Luck, and Run Tribe Magazine. Jason, thank you so much. Um, do you have any questions for Marcus? Yeah, so Marcus, for us, our focus is on beginners, people who are just literally getting started in the sport, and you tapped into a little bit about um, where you got started. And um, what I'd like to know from you is, how long did you feel like a beginner before it started to become, I don't want to say routine, but you were comfortable with what you were doing? Because I know some people are like, well, I did one triathlon, I should be able to do everything, and then their progress is a little bit disjointed. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I felt like I moved past the beginner phase quick. Cause after I did my, my, at least mentally anyway, um, once I moved past my first race, I had knee surgery. And so now I had this long recovery window where I was just like on YouTube. I'm like looking at everything. I'm like, suits bikes what is a tri bike how do i upgrade my bike wheels this that watching you know pro videos and how to's and you know everything and so you know i started looking at okay well what races are around me like what what is around me that is available to me so when i'm able to go like all right i found a pool i found my next set of races um and pretty much was everything was between kinetic multi-sport and Racine um, racing. So I did all those races as much as I, I could once I could do it. And, uh, you know, I had a great group of people that came along with me. So I think pretty quick, I just went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> that tends to be the case for a lot of beginners as they end up going down the rabbit hole and finding out so much to do. And I think the point that you made with Michonne, and, and I'll stop after this, is find the lane that you're in, right? Yes, it's great if you want to do Ironman. It's great if but if sprints are your thing, go and do sprints and enjoy them and, and you know, train for them and, and enjoy them the most you can. I think that's a really important message 
that people who are just getting started in this sport need to hear? Because um, I think there's the idea that you have to go to the Ironman level or to the half Ironman level. It's okay to go there, but if you find that you're more comfortable at sprints or Olympics, then stick with those and enjoy the sport and stay in it for a long time. Absolutely. And it, it's the same thing as like with running. It's like yeah. you have to go out and do a marathon. You know, there's so many different events you can do. And also the other, the other part of that is what, how much time are you really willing to dedicate to the training? Because I'm not willing to give up that much time to train for an Ironman game. That's just, even if I enjoyed it, I'm not willing to give up that much time. It's a lot. It's a huge sacrifice. Amen to that. Uh, it's so it's so fun. Some of the people in the audience, Sarah saying, if you race kinetic, you won't ever have to buy a pair of cycling. Uh, buy another pair of cycling socks because theirs are far the best. And Lindsay uh, said what Sarah said, because they are. They are some really good socks. But Marcus, I, I feel like we're here in Black History Month, and I am slapping my hand on the wrist for not getting into this earlier. But we can't not end this conversation without talking about that diversity, equity, and perhaps access of the sport. What is your take on it, and what do what what is needed in order to change the landscape? Yeah, I mean, we look at diversity, right? We have plenty of diversity, I think, within at this point within the sport. Like, if you're black, brown, yellow, you can do triathlon if you want. Right. You know, the awareness piece and inclusion piece is is what's lost. Like how can clubs and, and groups who are already established, how can they be more inclusive? You know, not just like race, you know, but like gender and, and you know, um, with disabilities and, and everything else um, that falls under that. But um, there needs to be a voice in the room, like at the table within the governing bodies. And that's one of the things that, you know, I've been working with GRIT um, to do is how do we get a seat at the table to provide resources and bring them back to our communities, right? So you look at USA Tri, they're Midwest, um, Colorado, West Coast, LA, California, a lot of the big brands are in California. And so they don't know how to interact with a lot of the communities here on the East Coast, or even if we want to get coaches, right, more more coaches of color, they have to travel there um, when they don't even know what tri if triathlon is for them, if there's not a lot of teams um, to make it into the sport and, and not like it. So there's not a lot of clinics, camps, combines. You know, I've talked to the Board of Education here in Maryland. You know, I've done plenty of interviews at schools and, and cafeteria talks. And, you know, the crazy thing is the athletic directors don't even know what triathlon is, you know? So how, how, like, these are like who are leading athletic programs when they don't know what the sport is, how can you grow the sport? How can you change the sport for, for communities that want to get involved, but are, are lacking and now, like, the other thing is creating pathways because there's no incentives before to triathlon. Like, how are you going to go to a, a school in, like, southeast D.C., right, and tell a parent, hey, come bring your kid and get them a bike and get them some run shoes and get them in the pool. And then they're going to be like, okay, well, what's at the end of all this? Like, where, where do we go? And, like, 
it's just for fun and health and wellness, kicks and giggles. And like, well, you know, I need, my child needs an education and they need funds to go to college and get their education. And so we're now seeing those pathways being built, but they didn't exist before. So the incentives for a lot of like minority and urban communities weren't there. There was no pathway to make the sport cool, accessible, or for parents to even want to get the kids involved. So I completely get it. There's like multiple layers that um, need to be addressed before uh, real change, inclusion, and equity can be, um, you know, had. Thank you so much, Marcus. Um, I appreciate your answer of honest and truth. And, you know, one of my hopes is that, <clears throat> excuse me, that we will see more change and progress, especially in the next eight years. Um, especially Rocky has, you know, been voted back in to be the director. And I hope to see that, you know, more work will be funneled down. There's some great things that have happened, but we definitely can do more. And to your point, I've never thought about how they are on the West Coast side and East Coast is very different. And so maybe there can be some type of initiative to, you know, maybe like a satellite office in this area so that, you know, they can have more of a touch and a reach and hands on the ground in order to see some of the changes actually implemented places like Southeast DC or in South Georgia or New Jersey, you know, like, you know, everywhere has some type of disparagement and disenfranchised area. And we need to be able to reach all, especially if we want to see this uh, sport grow. And so I commend you for what you're doing. I commend you for, you know, being one of the leaders in the area and just willing to take a stand at Sometimes the uncomfortable things in the room. So thank you for being a champion for us in this sport and for just always bringing the vibes. Like you come in, you cool with it, you <clears throat> you laid back, you back, and so that's also speaks volumes. So thank you so much for that. Again, and just thank you for being here. So thank you for having us. We're going to do some giveaways. Marcus, can you see? Um, everyone will have an opportunity to give away. Uh, this has been brought to you by Try Beginner's Luck, Run Tribe Magazine, and Kinetic Motorsport. And so we have some gifts that we want to give away. So Jason, I'm going to let you give away the first gift um, from your magazine. How about that? Um, if you can see the circular, uh, I guess the number of icons of people who are in the chat, if you want to put a question mark or however you want to give it away, I'm going to let you take the floor and give your um, copies of the magazine away. Sure. Well, I can the people that are in the room who are watching. So I'm just going to scroll and wherever it stops is the person who will receive a subscription to our map. Um, S-K-A-O-U-N-A-S, Sophia Kaunas would be the person who would receive. So if you can email us, info at runtrimag.com, your address, we'll get a scene out to you uh, for a full year subscription. Congratulations, Sophia. If you're still on and you can hear this, we'll do that. Marcus, I'm going to get you to scroll down the list to give away the next prize. How do I get to this list? It's a little icon at the top that has like who's watching. Ah, uh, boom. Okay. Boom. Like, I don't know how to work social media. <laughs> All right. Scroll and pick somebody. Scroll and pick somebody, random. Uh, boom, okay, Lindsay Young. 
Leslie Lin Young. Leslie. Lindsay Young? Leslie, Leslie Young. Leslie Young. Leslie Young, you have just won an entry to a triathlon. So reach out to Try Beginners Luck. If you can slide in our DMs and uh, leave our information, I will be able to get to you your entry. And now I'm going to do the same thing and pick a lucky winner for me. Let's see where it scrolls. I'm closing my eyes and I'm pointing. Bam. Oh, wow. Ronnie Ham. 888. Ronnie Ham 888. If you're on, go ahead and slide into Try Beginner's Luck uh, DMs or my DM and uh, you win. So that's Ronnie Ham. You've won an, also an entry into uh, Kinetic Multi, one of their races. Jake, do you have another giveaway? We can absolutely give another one away. Okay. Glenda Van Landingham, Oh Good Witch. Oh Good Witch won. Okay, Glenda. Right. Glenda, you just won a subscription to Run Try Magazine. Uh, if you could just slide into one of our DMs, we can get you that information. Here's what I would like for each of you to do who's still joining. Please go on and like and subscribe to Try Beginner's Luck, Run Try Magazine, Coach Marcus Fitz. Mashonda Shines and Kinetic Multisports and help us to grow and continue our purpose. Also, Try Beginners Luck has a real podcast. So we launch or we launch every podcast on Wednesdays. So check us out. We have some really cool guests that we have on and we would love to see you grow. So go on, share, like, and leave us comments so that we can continue to grow. Thank you so much for signing on to our first pop-up live with Marcus Fitz, brought to you by Try Beginner's Luck, Run Try Magazine, and Kinetic Multiple. I'm Under Miles, and that's it for us tonight. Peace and shine. And remember, whenever you try Beginner's Luck, you always win. Have a good night, everyone. Good night, thanks. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try Beginner's Luck, you always win.